It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. For the Milk Ford Tough Studio, Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Friday morning, a feel-good football Friday ahead of divisional playoff weekend in the NFL. And yes, we've got a local team participating this year for the first time in a very long time. Giants and Eagles, and it's already tomorrow night. We are right here. This week has flown. This week started with me screaming about the Giants beating the Vikings. We have now evolved to Friday where everybody is focused on the Giants and Eagles. And it does feel like, even though the Eagles had a great season and a great record, it does feel like there's lots of folks out there that the that believe the Giants are on a roll. The Giants can do what they did in 2007 and 2011. Brandon Jacobs. Super Bowl champion Giant was in here saying that the Eagles are all waxed up and shaved up for a whooping. And I'm telling you one thing. I don't know if the Giants are going to win this game. None of us do. But this team is not going to get blown out, and they're going to give their fans a game that much I feel confident in. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Good morning, G. I'll tell you, I uh, I kind of feel the same kind of momentum going on around here. Now yeah. I understand why that would be happening. And we all should be uh, jacked up. And, man, after a loser night last night for Oof. all the pro teams, uh, three hockey teams and the Nets, uh, you would like to think, hey, you know, can the Giants do everybody a favor around here and show up on Saturday night and win? And I'll add two more to that. Jerry's Rutgers team did not win, and Eddie the Jockey's pick did not win. Oh, this man. was a full-blown, 100% loser night. I'm telling you, I'm, I am not digging coming in here then. I mean, I, we got to do something to change the mojo around. Maybe a sacrifice or something. <laughs> a human sacrifice? A goat sacrifice? Know, maybe, maybe what do you want to do? I don't know. Maybe we could have Al and Jerry do like one of those slap fights that are seem to be oh, popular no. now these oh, days. Oh, God. You see some of these videos? Yeah, I see all the videos. I would say Al and Jerry should do that. Well, and, you know, me and Gallo did it. Remember that? Yes, Gallo and I did yeah, that. Yes. And he won. He smacked the hell out of me. I told him, go for it. Come on, do it. And he, he did slap me. So, so good for him. But, yeah, I mean, something has to happen. But, you know, all those games that we just talked about, I know it's annoying to lose regular season games and whatever and annoying to lose a bet. But... You know, this is the game. This is the only one that matters around here right now uh, with the Eagles. And I do believe, I mentioned this yesterday, that it's funny. When a good team takes that week off and you get so immersed in wild card weekend and that team is sitting on a bye, sometimes you forget about how good they are. Now, the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles did struggle down the stretch, you know, they did have the injury to Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew was in there. They had multiple times to clinch that one seed and they could not do it until the final week of the season. So that's sort of in people's heads as well. And what also is in people's heads is Daniel Jones played the best game he's ever played in his life and the New York Giants went up to Minnesota and beat them convincingly. So I think that's where the momentum is coming from here. I think we'd feel a little bit differently about the Giants if they ended up in San Francisco this week, but there's something about the Eagles and the way that people are viewing them right now that feels vulnerable. It feels like they can be had. 
Now, is that the case? I'm not so sure. I think the pendulum has swung a little bit too far to the Eagles or aren't any good. The Eagles with Jalen Hurts or her, all of those things. Because if you look back and you look what they do well, I mean, there's a lot of damn things that that team right. does well. I mean, so the Eagles have won nine straight home games against the Giants. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about that over the next couple yeah. of days. A uh, couple other things. Uh, the Eagles literally have one of the best rosters in the NFL, they're right there with the 49ers. Uh, Howie Roseman, uh, you know, is has done an unbelievable job. He really has. And, I mean, the offensive and defensive lines. And I told you, four guys with double-digit sacks, 70 sacks throughout the year. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to have to be the guy that we saw last week. I don't, I'm not saying you have to do any more hurt, hurt what is it, um... Herculean yeah. uh, efforts, but I, I, it's got to be an effort that's going to be similar to last week. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing. The giant defense, which is like 28th or 29th in the league, is facing a team that has two solid running backs, a tremendous tight end, two outstanding wide receivers, and the best offensive line in football. And that's why they're the number one seed. And if their quarterback is 100% healthy, he creates a whole other set of circumstances for the giant defense. You know, he is just like Daniel Jones is to other teams. You know, there are there are times where he'll just take off and go. And next thing you know, it's uh, it's first and ten. And he keeps drives moving. So there's going to be a tall order for this Giants team. Don't don't make any bones about that. There's there's oh, yeah. we could talk about all how the numbers are lining up and the sports gods and all that other stuff. The reality is, is that the Eagles are number one for a reason. And they have been number one literally since week one. And they had a little bit of a stumble there towards the end, simply because Jalen Hurst got hurt. But he, uh, he is a, he is very difficult to stop. And I just, everybody's just got to pump the brakes. It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, no, no. I don't think anybody thinks it's going to be an easy game. This I just think be, it's just one of those things where as the week has gone on, it's sort of like, you know, more belief, more belief, more belief. But the reason why that is, is that, you know, the last time we saw the Eagles, they were struggling a bit in the second half against the the Giants backups and the last time we saw the Giants arrested Giants team they just won a playoff game and looked better offensively than they ever have do now remember, like, do I remember how that game went uh in was week when were they here week 14 or yeah, something they, I mean they killed them the, the Eagles killed the uh, Giants yeah they yeah, absolutely you could see it on display it was, yeah. I think you felt like the game was over you know, like within the first ten minutes, like sure. you just knew that they were a much better team, and the Giants aren't who they are today. They they've kind of straightened some things out, and certainly they're healthier on defense than they were in that game, which is in the, you know in the secondary, which obviously is going to be very very important in order to win. I think, you know, when I when I think about what it's going to take for the Giants, they certainly can't turn the ball over. They're going to have to get at least a plus two or a plus three in this game. Uh, their their special teams are going to have to do something special, literally either box the uh, you know the Eagles in when they're punting. How, you know, you're going to have to convert on third down in this game, which is going to be really hard against this Eagle defense. And I hate to pe- paint a pessimistic uh, viewpoint. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just trying to be honest about what you're well, going to see I when mean, you watch these They're games. a seven-and-a-half-point underdog for a reason. I mean, I don't think you're being pessimistic about it. I think you're being realistic about it i mean they the the giants aren't expected to win this game i just think that the belief is that they can as opposed to 
you know, I mean, how many Jaguar fans out there really believe they can beat the Chiefs? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that type of belief that it can happen. Not that it will happen, but that it can happen. I mean, it felt like last week going into the Minnesota game, it was like this will happen for the Giants uh, because of all the reasons we talked about last week. This is now more of, you know, it can happen, and especially with some of the upsets we've seen this year and the craziness. I mean, the Giants are playing their best football at the right time, and I don't know if the pressure thing plays into this or not. You know, where the Eagles have to win this game, the Giants, you'll hear it fast and loose and everything else, and the pressure's not on them, Dude, and no is, one uh, expected them to be here and all of those things. I don't think it really plays into it all that much, but that's been all the talk. be interesting to see how the rookies do. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal yeah. uh, in this game because the strength of the, the, the Eagles, the really underlying strength of the Eagles are their offensive and defensive lines. You know, that's that it's kind of the same thing for the 49ers. The, the the thing that, you know, people understand because they do talk about it, but everybody focuses on the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and all of these other different skill type players. When you really get down to it, the game's won at the line of scrimmage and both the 49ers and the Eagles have a much better group than the Giants do. The Giants have a good group and they're coming on and Joe Shane will improve that group as he moves along. And, and let's not, you know, Dexter Lawrence is one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. There's no question about that. But you're asking, you know, a lot from a lot of young players that are going to have to have their best games in order for the Giants to win this weekend. Yeah, and you saw a lot of things last week in that dome up there in Minnesota where guys were running wide open. You saw a lot of rush lanes for Daniel Jones when he broke the pocket and a lot of space for him. You saw even in the biggest moments in the game, Darius Slayton on that third down where he could have converted and end the game right there. He's wide open. He drops the ball. You're not going to see that type of defense this week in resistance to the Giants. I'm just telling you, when it comes to size and speed, the two teams that have both of that are the 49ers and the Eagles. I would even tell you that you know the Bills and the Bengals are below those two teams when it comes to overall rosters. The difference between you know them and everybody else are their quarterbacks yeah. and their wide receivers, especially for the Bengals. Not so much for the Bills, but more more so for the Bengals. But I, you know, this this is a really you know good team. And you watch, you go back and you look at some of the tape from some of the earlier games. I mean, they have manhandled teams. I mean, they have just absolutely steamrolled people. Yeah, I mean that was more earlier in the year, and that you know they have a very large point differential, which is something everybody likes to look at with some of these matchups. But yeah. Daniel Jones is not going to get the same opportunities running the football this week. He's not. And and he may he may have some success with some design runs because Dable and Kafka are very, very crafty with that. And they can figure schemes out and give Daniel Jones an opportunity. But those broken plays where he is out there and running, you're going to see the Eagles do a hell of a lot better job in containing him. And I think that if the Giants do win this game... Daniel Jones is going to have to have a repeat performance of what he did in Minnesota. Yeah, no turnovers, man. You can't, like, I, I'm, he is just going to, he'll be under pressure this whole game. I mean, and he knows it going in. I think we all know it going in, uh, that there's going to be pressure around him. And, you know, he'll, he's, he's handled it for the most part this year. Uh, but then when you combine their cornerbacks versus the Giants wide receivers, I mean, everything tells you that there's no way the Giants can win this game. But there's one thing that that the Giants have going for them is that they don't know this. They don't. They don't believe that. They believe that they can win, and they they believe that they can win by virtue of the fact that they went into Minnesota, 
after losing to Minnesota about four weeks ago, they go in there and they and they extract revenge. Same thing could be said about this particular game lining up the same way. Week 18, Philadelphia had to win the game. The game was tight. Davis Webb kept the game tight. Yeah. Um, and it was a weird kind of ugly game from the Philadelphia perspective. But all they needed to do was win to get this game right now. And hopefully for them, get the NFC Championship game next week in their building. Because they're going to be really, really tough to beat in there. Oh, sure. And I, th- I think the 49ers and the Eagles in an NFC Championship game would be a lot of fun for the audience across the country in the NFL. Not so much as fun here um, because you'd want to see the Giants move on. But, you know... The- <laughs> Thinking about like Giants Cowboys or Giants 49ers in an NFC championship game seems crazy as I sit here now, but um, if they won this game on Saturday night, I don't, it, it wouldn't feel crazy to me. It just because I've seen them the entire year just be annoyingly good, you know, make the plays that you have to make to win the games, you know, and, and if they somehow, you know, can neutralize what they do offensively, the Philadelphia Eagles, buy a turnover, buy a big special team play, something like that, then they're going to even the playing field, and they can they can win the game. Possession now. time. Possession time is another thing. In yeah. other words, you got to convert, and you got to hold on to the ball. And, and you, you know, it's because of the pressure and because of the intensity that the Eagles' defense does bring to a game. You know, you go into the game as the quarterback saying, okay, I don't want to make any mistakes. I certainly you have to be really careful, but I also don't want to speed up my game. I don't want to speed up it. I don't want to speed it up in my brain where I'm playing uber fast and making mistakes that way either. There's a, there's a balance that you try to find. And I think, I feel like Daniel has found that balance as a player. Um, but you know, I just think he's going to have to be, He's going to have to be spot on. That's all. That's all there is to it. And he knows it, and we all know it. And it will be interesting to see how he handles this pressure that's going to be intense from the Eagle defense. Yeah, and these guys like Isaiah Hodgins, and obviously Slayton's been around, but Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger, Richie James, like these guys who have stepped up the entire year that are totally unexpected, get another chance to shine. And I think there's a lot of people that think that, you know, the, the clock is going to strike midnight, they're going to turn into a pumpkin, it's going to, this can't continue, but... I mean, I think it can. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that Isaiah Hodgins is a fluke. And he is now a big play guy for them. He is someone that's got to get 75 yards receiving in a game like this to keep up with what the Philadelphia Eagles do on offense. And that's certainly a tall task, and it's a very tall task against the corners that the Philadelphia Eagles have, but they're going to need that from them. I mean, and that's why the Giants have been good this whole year and are in this position. You know, they have squeezed out every single bit from the players that have been on the field the majority of the year. Now, Kenny Galladay has not been on the field, so you could say that that guy and Kadarius Tony they're gone. But the guys who get regular playing time essentially have been at their best. You know, Evan Neal's a guy who's a rookie. He's been up and down, and maybe you're a little bit worried about him going into this game. But for the most part, you know, everybody's played their best game. Well, just remember that, you know, you're going against a completely different animal. Yeah. Everybody knew and everybody felt that Minnesota Vikings were flawed on defense. And yeah. it showed itself. I, there's not going to be that much space on this field. No. Again, size, speed, uh, I would also say experience. And a young quarterback, the only I, look if if he ends up running and ends up hurting himself again or re-injuring himself, then all bets are off. Sure, because that's a different team without him. No matter what Micah Parsons says, that is a different team without Jalen Hurts. 
he is the guy that makes the whole thing go. So there's always that opportunity or chance, I should say, that he may end up getting hurt. And if he does re-injure his collarbone, which is, which I believe it is, and I've been telling you that for weeks now, yeah, then all bets are off. And that's, that's how, uh, I guess, delicate these situations can be because of a, an injury that a guy has is, is been suffering from. So I don't know. I just, the more I look at it, the more I, I the more I kind of feel like what the Eagles have, it will take a, uh, it will take a great effort by the Giants to win, but that doesn't mean they can't win. Just, it's just going to be, a, it's not going to be that easy. Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We've got Jerry Recco back with us after a Rutgers trip, and he is here for a huge day this Feel Good Football Friday Divisional Playoff Weekend. All the Giants fans getting ready for Giants Eagles, and of course, Jerry getting ready to uh, do his pre and post and all his big time stuff for the last time this year. I heard him warm up true. show yes. for uh, for Cowboys 49ers out of San that? Francisco. So. And there's a season. Yes, and that get is get your it. life back. And there's a season. Yeah, I mean, I never felt like I lost it, but that is true. You get a little more time back on the weekend. I mean, you've that been in true. such a routine and, and yes. been so intense for the last four months. When you think about it, very much so. Starting in August with yeah. preseason games, right? And then true. you also had the uh, the cornhole championships. When were they? They were at the end every of three months. Right? Every three months. Every three months. We're That's what I'm saying. So you had a lot, right of, lot of distractions. Uh, a lot of distractions. Yes, yeah. of course. You don't have an off season with cornhole. Just no, every because so we did that in August because there was a little. Little, uh, leeway if you're with the how people are like why are we not playing like, wow. all right we'll just we'll keep it rolling so yeah. one season ends new season begins the next week or you need to rest your arm at some point though you get a little tendonitis we in have that guys elbow. that play five nights a week really yes and uh, do they have wives do they hate their wives what's going on yes and yes <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know they like playing so they're there not with yeah. us but they play in all these different leagues that's amazing and then tournaments on saturdays and sundays maybe we need to expand your empire all right well, I we are expanding to Wednesdays, actually. See, Ooh, I told that you is true. this is what's going that on. Is now. His partner's getting all a little, we little did. insecure about this whole thing. <laughs> that I'm trying to do it now. He's, no, he's not. Yes, he no, is. No, we've been talking about this for months. I, I've been trying to expand it for almost a year now. There's only so much we can do. So it'll be Monday and Wednesday now. Starting in February. Okay. Look at that. And you can get that. involved at what? Uh, Reco Sports. There you go. Dot com. Perfect. Dot com. Reco Sports dot com. Look at you. Uh, all right, Jerry. What's happening? We man? are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and brought to you by HL Gross Jewelers. Shop HL Gross in Garden City or at HLGross.com. Giants, Eagles tomorrow night. Cannot wait. One of four cool games this weekend in the NFL. We start with one Julian Love, a guest with Tiki and Tierney. Yeah, it was nice to beat the Vikings, but boy, oh boy, there's more to do. Great to win this first playoff game, but the goal for us is to win the whole thing. And yeah. So that, that's the mindset, and that has set into everybody. Everybody's really fired up this week because we know there's still more to get for us. Win the whole thing. One quarter, one half, one game at a time. Let's Thank you, Jerry. I, yes, I'm with you there. Here's Brian Dable. They are not expecting a banged-up Jalen Hurts. They're expecting Jalen Hurts tomorrow night. He wasn't on the injury report, so we're, um, you know, I'm expecting his best, and you know, that's what he's given every time I've been around him. And here is Hurts himself. Jalen Hurts ain't good. <laughs> what? Come on, Giants. Jalen Hurts ain't good. Don't let him throw more touchdowns than he should. Jalen, Hurts ain't good. 
<laughs> the last thing I expected this uh, morning, but good. tremendous. It's pretty good. Well, here he is. He is pretty good. He knows they got to go out and just do what they do. Process remains the same throughout everything, but the standard rises. So, you know, we just want to kind of um, lean on the things that have gotten us here. And then, of course, when you get a team like the Giants making a little bit of a run, we don't know how, if this will end tomorrow night or will continue on into the NFC Championship game, but certainly a lot of excitement uh, around the team, so much so that even the legendary Joe Namath is uh, a Giants fan these days. As well as the Giants are doing, hell, I pull for them. Regular season. I yeah. mean, I, I like big-time fan of the Manning brothers and Archie, starting with Archie. So uh, it's a people thing. So that was Namath with Tiki and Tierney. You would think other big stars. Can this Jets season get any worse? <laughs> I mean, this well, is unbelievable. Well, but you know what? You would think all the stars of the teams in New York would be pulling for the Giants. That is not true, one Aaron Boone, apparently a lifelong Eagles fan. I think the Eagles are in a beat them pretty good. Yeah, there you go. That was on the Yes Network. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> Aaron Boone and Jalen Brunson. Both. I didn't see Brunson too, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, he wore he a Jalen Hurts jersey wow. the other day oh, to the arena. The garden. How about that? Yeah. Where is Brunson from? Is he from Philly? Or South he's just... Jersey, and then okay. he obviously went to that Villanova, so he's been an Eagles fan his whole life. That makes sense, I suppose. I mean, it does, clearly, but... These guys going out on a limb, man, I tell you. Yeah. Aaron Boone, Jalen Brunson, you're messing with the Giants' juju, so watch out. We shall see. That's tomorrow night. We will have all the action. Pre-game show starts at noon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all the games at 8.30, so probably around 7 o'clock, 6.30, something like that. Um, then you've also got the Jaguars and Chiefs. That precedes the Giants and Eagles. Then Sunday, how about these two? Bengals and Bills in Orchard Park. Here's Joe Burrow. Knows it won't be easy. I always enjoy going on the road. It's uh, just you and your guys. Feels like it's you against the world, and that's that's where we like to be. Do you feel like an underdog going into this game? Never feel like an underdog. I love this kid. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. really do love this kid. Yep. Not feeling like an underdog. So you imagine that the Bills will have that emotional lift once again. We'll see if the sports gods are with them. Okay. Uh, 3 o'clock on CBS oh, on you heard Sunday. What, uh, Gio thinks they're going to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, DeMar Hamlin is going to jump out of an airplane, <laughs> and he's going to parachute. He's going to land on the 30 with the three, and then he's going to take off the paratrooper outfit, and underneath he's going to be in full uniform, and he's going to start. And not in, not only is he going to start, he's going to have three pick sixes. No, he's not, he's stop it. Three pick sixes on the Listen, last one. He's going to levitate into the end zone. If there were sports gods, that's what would happen. Yeah, you'll see. That is Watch out. That's By what I'm way, hearing. Where you just described, I don't know if you guys saw the list that uh, Stephen Waldron from CBS sent us. I'm surprised that wasn't on the list of things to do in Arizona. He's got us in a hot air balloon. Yeah, I'm like, I know. Yeah, I'm out on that. <laughs> I know you were not here yesterday for this discussion. Oh, you had this discussion? Yesterday. Yes, we not. did. And, and Gio and I are doing it. Good with for Eddie. you. With that's, Eddie. That's awesome. It's funny. Yeah, Stephen popped in. He said both Al and Jerry separately pulled themselves out of that bit. <laughs> I was never in that bit. There's no way. Anyway, we'll have fun. That sounds like a blast. We will take video no, from, the, from the ground. Like, these guys never want to do anything with us. Oh, <laughs> your ass everything. doesn't want to do I'll do plenty of things. Jerry's usually not getting Jerry, a hot Jerry, air balloon. Jerry, Jerry, not interested. Jerry. Your ass. I mean, don't say stuff like because that's that. Because that that's not true. Ah. Don't put me in the same category with him. Well, well he Listen, does nothing. I like Jerry's doing got things. a point. Jerry wants fair. to do more stuff than I want to do, even. Yeah, so I'm Jerry, into it. I just, yeah. I'm not getting on a higher level. always have a conflict. 
Because you're doing stuff. You just went through why. Because I, I, I have no I idle time. You have a lot of conflict. So you can sit here and say, yeah, I want to do all this stuff, but there's always a conflict. But I do a lot I, of stuff. I'm in. Oh, oh, man, I can't go. I got I got the giant, I got the uh, Rutgers basketball thing. Or I, I got a cornhole I do a lot of things. I'm not sitting, no you offense, do do I'm not sitting home watching girls on the beach with binoculars. <laughs> Like, is that what he does? In the summer. summer I'll yeah. use yeah. In the winter. There's nothing going on down there. <laughs> and so he likes being home, and that's great. I don't. I like doing things. You freakazoid, Al. <laughs> so just don't say I don't want to do stuff. I just don't want to get in a hot air balloon. Okay, but there's always, there's there's always a skydive. There's I'm not always gonna... a conflict. That's all. Just not saying. that week. I'll do everything that week, but I'm not getting a higher, hot air balloon. That's all. Okay. We'll go to dinners. We'll do stuff. Not that. Okay. I'll play golf. Oh, you will? Of course, of course I would. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Weird. But thank you. Okay. All yeah. right. Sure, Jerry. Uh, Cowboys and... I would love to go to the Cowboy game Sunday, but I can't do that either. Cowboys in San Francisco Sunday. Here's Ezekiel Elliott. It's a lot of conversation about, about Brett Maher, or depending on what show you listen to on this radio station, Brett Maher or <laughs> Maher, uh, but it's Brett Maher. Um, here's Ezekiel Elliott back in his kicker. I mean, that's our brother. We're not going to turn our back on this. Uh, I mean, last week we ain't really need him, but this week we probably will. So, uh, <laughs> let's get together. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, yeah, we'll see if he gets his uh, bleep together and can actually make some kicks during the media portion of practice yesterday in the wind. He was six for six. So that is a storyline. Are, are they going to have that other kicker that they signed around and active? I don't know. I, you know, Jerry Jones said last year they had two kickers active for the Niners playoff game. I don't remember that. Um, but he said that on the radio station the other day. I suppose this guy could be. See, I, Tristan Viscaino is his name. A CBS Sports Network puts it out there. I, I think you. I, I think you have to have him active. I, maybe I'm not losing because of Tristan Viscaino, though. But, but can you lose because of Brett Maher? I can accept that. What? I can accept that a lot more than losing with some really? no name kicker that kicked for the Jaguars one week. But you just saw this guy. But know, I also saw this guy kick sixty yarders and win games for them all year long. Turned, one of the best kickers. It of, turned with him, and when it turns, maybe. it turns. I, I know. I know. I, hmm. I'll I, tell you what, if he misses the first one, you're going for two. Well, no, if he misses the first one, I'm trying that guy one time. And then if he misses it, then I'm going for two. Uh, you got to try the other guy. It's an extra point. Everybody hits the extra points. I'm not. No, I'm not doing it. I'm really? Not. All I'm, right. I'll, I will go down with the ship with Brett Maher as the captain. Okay. And then cut him if they lose. <laughs> uh, here's one other from Brock Purdy. He has really handled all the success quite well. He says that's because I stay grounded. At the end of the day, I know that I'm not defined by, you know, the wins or losses um, as a person. Like that's not who I am. I'm not uh, a quarterback. I wasn't born to just to be a quarterback and play football, and that's it. Like I have a life and, and everything like that, and I I remember that. Okay. You know what? Wait, wait, time out. Time out. Forget your life. You're playing football, man. Yeah. You are in the divisional round. Big playoff. I don't want to hear this. You got to be all in. I, yeah, I'm sure he is, but I agree that didn't sound great. I mean, you got to be all in, man. This is like I know you got a life, and I'm happy for you and your family. But this is a football game against the Dallas Cowboys. For well, God's sake, maybe this is how he stays calm during these games. He doesn't. It's not just like, hey, this is the only thing. Tunnel vision, everything else. Maybe this is why he's playing the way he's playing. You are in the right spot at the right moment in your life to do something spectacular. Sure Spectacular. Is. He knows that. He's in the middle of that right now. He knows that he's been playing, playing quarterback his whole life, man. No, I don't care about your other life things right now. Right now, it's about the Cowboys. Okay. That's what I want to hear. 
Yep. So, big weekend on tap in the NFL. Meantime, John Harbaugh said Lamar Jackson will be their quarterback going forward. I mean, how could he say that Then the GM said it takes two to tango. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how could you confidently say that? He said 200% he's going to be here. Right. Okay, but Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a contract extension. He's being weird on social media. I mean, John Harbaugh is not the guy who's going to determine that. That is true. This is, this is the way these guys lash out these days. It's on social media. Their feelings are hurt. you got to deal with all the narcissistic behavior and ridiculousness. Hmm. And then you just come to an agreement on a contract and you go play football. God almighty. I'm so you think he's going to stay right now? You think John Harbaugh is not just saying that? No, I think uh, John Harbaugh is trying to make sure everybody realizes that they that they still think that he's a really really great player and he's just a just a little misunderstanding here and then they'll trade him in three weeks huh, right the remember first round draft picks i'll bring you back to last off season mike vrabel aj brown is going to be yeah. here as long as i'm here bang traded right after that well that's why i said the gm said it takes two to tango yeah so we'll see meantime uh ravens offensive coordinator greg roman stepped down the Bucks fired their offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, wow. and the Vikings fired defensive so he was gonna coordinator, get a head coach job. Yes. Who's Ed, that? Ed Donatel got fired, too. Yes, yes. he did. Thank I thought God. Byron Leftwich was going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah, well, he's They were talking well. about, remember, remember on the Super Bowl field, they were saying like he was going to be like the next mm. head coach. In yeah. Oh, I didn't see Josh Boyer got fired, too, huh? Or did he step down? With the no, Dolphins? he got fired. He got hey, fired what's down. the uh, common thread with all of those four teams right there? They all made the playoffs. And they said it wasn't good enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm i so happy that Donatel's gone. I'm sorry for the Donatels and the Donatel family. I'm sure he's made a ton of money. He's been in the NFL since 1925. So he's probably okay. <laughs> he had to be fired. He uh, had to get out of there. That, that hamster wheel is just going round and round oh, yeah. and round and round. Right. All these guys are going to be recycled somewhere else. Yep. I'm sure they will. Suns beat the Nets last night, 117-112. Held off Brooklyn in the fourth quarter. They got within three. Uh, not enough, though. Mikael Bridges had 28. Ben Simmons ejected for picking up two technical fouls here. Uh, here's Jacques Vaughn. He sounds annoyed. They've lost four in a row. He says, we are not playing complete games. Can we do that from the beginning of the game? When we break the huddle, can the group that goes out on the floor have the determination to be focused the very first possession and care about it just as much as we were trying to do in the fourth quarter? And then the group that's on the bench be cheering your teammates on just like we were doing when we were making a comeback yep uh, they've lost four in a row now tonight the nets in utah does not get any easier the Knicks visit atlanta tonight mitchell robinson did have surgery on his fractured he thumb had surgery wow he did yes be reevaluated, I believe, in three to four weeks, they oh, said. man. Celtics beat the Warriors in overtime for an eighth straight win, 121-118. Sixers beat the Blazers last night. Bulls over the Pistons. Michigan State beat Rutgers 70-57. to uh, Stony Brook lost to Northeastern. And uh, your Hofstra Club, they smashed UNC Wilmington 70-46. Yeah. Saw that. Speedy that? Claxton and the boys, man, yeah. getting it done. Love to see it. Maybe the picture should have been Hofstra last night. Notre yeah. Dame head coach Mike Bray announced he is retiring or stepping down at the end of the season. Araldus Chapman signs with the Royals. Bruins beat the Rangers 3-1. to one. Uh, You had the Islanders lose in overtime to the Sabres. Then I want to give you the highs and lows of a game. Okay. Devils cracking last night. New Jersey trailing by a goal late in the third period. Listen to the excitement. This is the high. Mercer run into, but the Kraken can't get the puck out. A minute 20. Over to Hughes. He's above the near circle. Skates in. Shot. Rebound. Yeah! Score! <laughs> 
Nico Heischer, the Devils tied at three. Yeah, 1.14 to go in regulation. Right, so there's the high. Then here comes the low, so much so it sounds like the uh, the road engineer forgot what the hell he was doing. Yerkasi's got it, though. He's got to the high slot. Doesn't shoot it. Pulls up. I was in the far circle. There's a shot and he scores. <laughs> and you can't hear a damn thing. So they go from tying the game with a minute and change left in the third period, and then they lose in overtime and shoots scores. And that be that. And the Devils lose to the Kraken in overtime by the score of 4-3. to three. And you could faintly hear the play-by-play guy still trying to talk over that. It's so oh, true. that was awesome. What is weird, though, about that, and it happens even sometimes in here, where it sounds great to us, and then I'll go pull something for moment of the day, and it's it doesn't come across as good because the music is too loud the way it processes. Very odd. Yeah, and no. yet it sounds great here live. Yeah, I've, I, the same thing I noticed on one of the clips too, where I watched it back on a video yeah. on Twitter, and I was like, wait a second, I couldn't hear what was said there. Meantime, it sounds fine as we're doing it. Yeah, interesting. All right, yeah. Jerry, we'll see you next hour. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Bill Ford Tough Studio. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Giants Eagles Saturday night, seven and a half point spread. There is a spread that is bigger between the Chiefs and the Jaguars. And to me, not just because it's a bigger spread, that would be a much more big upset in my eyes if the Jaguars went into Arrowhead with Trevor Lawrence and ended up beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I know that, you know, they won their division and Doug Peterson's got experience and there's a lot of things to like about where the Jaguars are at. I just think divisional matchup, Eagles-Giants, if they somehow went in there and won that game, it wouldn't be as surprising to me if Trevor Lawrence beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, I mean, after they had the bye. That, that to me, would be shocking. I think uh, Doug Peterson has played against Andy Reid four times and he's owned four against them. Yeah. And he was on his staff. So yeah. if anybody knows Andy Reid, you would think it'd be Doug Peterson. Yeah, I, I think he's on for. I think I, I got to look it up, but I it's it was uh, he has never beaten Andy. So um, I would I would say that yeah, to me that's the biggest upset of the weekend if that if that can happen. Um, you know that team has got a lot of young guys, and like I said, you know the Jaguars spent more money on free agency this past offseason than anybody in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I think Shad Khan spent somewhere around. 160 to 170 million dollars and then think about this he also fired urban meyer and that entire coaching staff Mm -hmm. and had to pay a whole new coaching staff to come in so uh urban meyer obviously is doing a little tv work for fox but you know they still owe him all that money yeah which is amazing how some of these owners they give these contract extensions out now the urban meyer thing was different because they hired him they thought they were getting something they got something else but a lot of these owners pay coaches because they have to get rid of these coaches and they pay them for years and years and years unless yeah. they go and get a job somewhere else which is which usually the case it, though, yeah right? it does it does so let's let's just say i let's just say frank's owed 20 million and he signs uh, i don't know with carolina panthers and they give him you know 40 million well now, now all of a sudden indianapolis is off the hook and carolina now takes over and pays him yeah, but what if he then becomes a coordinator, though? That's a whole different story. So whatever the coordinator money is um, or the assistant head coaching job is, whatever that pay, that has to be commensurate with the title. The pay from the team that he is going to has to be 
tied to that title that whatever they give him. And then that money goes against what the Colts owe him. So let's say he makes a million dollars as a coordinator. And like I said, let's say they, they owe him four million. So therefore the Colts would owe three and the Jets would pay him a million or, or Philadelphia would pay him a million yeah. or whatever. Well, that's what's amazing to me about football coaches not being able to step away is the fact that in a situation like that, Frank Reich makes the same amount of money if he works as if he doesn't work. True. And a it's lot in their DNA. They want to work. Well, with Adam Gase, I don't know if he could have gotten a job, a low level job, but he has not worked. So he's a guy that's just collecting that check and not working in the NFL. Yeah, everybody's a little bit different. and uh, But most of the guys, they all want to stay in it. That's why you keep hearing the same names over and over and over and over again. And, you know, and they just switch teams, and now it's a new, maybe it's a new voice. Like, look at Wink Martindale. He left the Ravens last year mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, I know why they brought McDonald back as a defense, uh, the defense coordinator who went out and worked with uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. They brought him back. And then Wink left. And now Wink is, you know, the apple of everybody's eye here. Yeah. And, you know, he he kind of just, like he and Greg Roman, just kind of fizzled out in Baltimore. It's time to move on. Time to get another voice in there. Try to get somebody with a different set of eyes and do something differently just to, because the, it it becomes like, uh, it's like mundane, you know. Yeah, and it's a little stale. Flat. Yeah, right. A little stale. Need to make a change. Right. But, you know, I, I would just say that, uh, you know, whoever the Jets end up hiring as the OC, there's plenty of quality candidates out there now because there's probably at least 10 to 12 teams that are looking for offense coordinators meaning that all of those other guys that were at those other places are all out of jobs yeah and this is just every single year it's the same thing but you you just hope that the jets because they're one of these teams you know get their at least top three choice with offensive coordinator and aren't down to like choices five, six, seven, and eight. Now, there was some stuff that came out yesterday in The Athletic. Zach Rosenblatt, I believe, is the guy, a beat writer who wrote this story about Mike LaFleur and what was going on there that maybe gave you a little bit more insight into why he's still not, why he's well, not the here. The only thing that I saw differently than what we've been talking about all year yeah. was the Elijah Moore, you know, you know, Saying what he said to Mike LaFour, you know, go F off and this and everything else, you know, whatever. But then they hugged it out, you know, after the fact. You know, it, you got young, frustrated players that want the ball. And I keep telling you that, you know, they're on these text threads with their buddies who are playing yeah. around the NFL. And their buddies are probably agitating the kid without him even realizing it. Like, oh, why aren't you getting the ball? Why aren't they throwing you the ball? And I'm sure that there's some discussion. Well, you know, I don't have a quarterback that can get me the ball. So I'm sure those discussions are going on personally for him but then everything is exacerbated by social media everything everything's amplified you know guys right after the game what do they do they go right in and they get on their phone and that's why we saw sauce gardner and was it john franklin myers as well they were liking negative tweets about zach wilson and then claimed that they weren't when they got caught doing it but we know that they were because another thing in that athletic article was the locker room celebrated like had an audible like you know celebration when zach wilson got benched but Jay, the other thing too is that you know you have players wearing the Mike White T-shirts. Yeah, and you know the coach can't allow that. No, I mean we could all have fun with it, and it, and it kind of tells you all you need to know about you know who the players want to play, and they they love Mike White. Great, the head coach can't let that happen. No, I mean yeah. that's like, that's right at the feet of Rob Sala. You could be Gandhi over there, and you could be making sure everybody's happy and everybody's <laughs> you know feeling good about themselves and all this other crap. But ultimately, it's still on your ass to to, to make sure that everybody's following kind of the same path 
And it looked like guys got frustrated and all the things that were written in that article were just like regurgitated for the last three months by everybody else out there. There's no like crazy thing that, you know, we didn't know.